0: In this programme, Pacific Issues correspondent Richard Palmatato explores how the economic downturn is affecting the Pacific Island community. While job losses are taking a toll, the community is also facing pressure from the tradition of giving to the church and to extended family members here and overseas.
1: Calypso Innovations is a small, privately owned manufacturing company in Manukau City which employs Pacific Islanders. Towards the end of last year, it moved staff to a four-day week. Originally known for its barbecues, it now exports high-quality steel cases used by railway companies for signalling equipment, weatherproof electric meter cases and from time to time letterboxes. But orders have dried up. Tangawaiai is from Samoa and has lived in New Zealand for 30 years. For many of those years, he's worked at Calypso, but is now a casualty of the downturn.
2: Well, our work is down at the moment. It's not very. It's not a very good day for a job. We only work for four, four days at the moment to make sure our, the work will go up again, and then we may back to normal again. We're making barbecues, um, metal metal job, and mirror boxes, leather boxes, all the stuff like that, and some box for railway and. Different, a lot of different jobs: aluminium and to uh, what do you call stainless steel, all stuff like that.
1: Mr. Vaiea says everyone knows how tough it is, even for the boss, and he's glad his job hasn't gone altogether.
2: It's not. It's only a small company, it's only about six six of us working on the floor, and a boss and a pay uh, lady. Yeah, yeah and a bay lady at the office. That's all. Mm but we, we we can't help it because we have to everybody want to work, that's why we work four days at the moment it's not much work, that's why
1: So did everybody in the company decide they'd work four days?
2: Yes yeah.
1: So that everybody keeps their jobs?
2: Yeah, that's right Yeah, They have to keep our job Better to have a job than no job Yeah We lost a whole day We only paid for 32 hours See, it's very hard you lost a whole day, eight hours, for a for family. It's very hard.
1: Although the financial crisis is in the news every day, it's only the bigger layoffs that are making the headlines. Other smaller job losses are happening almost unseen. Tangavai says the more he talks to friends in the community, the more he hears about people out of work.
2: Yeah, I got a friend. He says he's, he's finished up. used to work four days. Now he's, he says he's gone, he's finished, we've done it. You make returning, yeah, yeah Beginning of this what, January, I think January. You just go back to work about work for two weeks, and then you finish. You got no work.
3: We're standing amongst uh, automated sheet metal machinery. Uh, beside us is a 120-ton uh, CNC press brake. This is a uh, computer-controlled. Machine for folding sheet metal very accurately and very quickly. Uh, one person would operate this, we would run this all day and sometimes with a night shift as well. The big green machine and the sister ship beyond it are computerised turret punches. We've, we've got the two, they're, they're Japanese, uh, computer controlled again. They punch holes in metalwork and generally prepare the shape before it comes down here to the presses.
1: Gary Walker is the owner of Calypso Innovations and says he's invested a lot in the business. He says it's very difficult making ends meet at the moment and that's why jobs were cut. He says he can't pay people if there is nothing to do.
3: If we're making letterboxes, which we do, uh, you've got to make literally thousands. Uh, When you get into the higher end where we make uh, specialist componentry, say for the Sydney Railway system, we've just done the the new Underground Railway, all of the metal work for that, Um, then they're higher value and we might be just looking to make maybe 20 or 30 items a day.
1: Gary Walker says the four day week was the only way to preserve both the jobs of his staff and the company.
3: We noticed it in October, we we had a really busy winter last year, we had uh, strong export orders and then... We finished a major project in uh, in Australia and found that there was no local work to supplement it at all. The export work had gone down, local work had gone down all in the space of a few weeks. We went from being um, perhaps understaffed and very busy, lots of overtime, working six days a week, to a situation where we virtually didn't have enough work for, for an ordinary five-day week. The first off... This was prior to the major American collapse, we'd noticed the downturn in New Zealand, so we basically thought we'd sit this out, that this was just a, a fluctuation in the market, in our own market. But it soon became apparent that this was a much bigger thing than we were ever going to be able to manage, so uh, we got together with, uh, particularly with our staff, we had a big sit down, went over the the things like the graphs, our forward order position. Um, very much an open policy with the staff they then provided a lot of feedback as to how perhaps we could manage our what was our excess staff by this time and together we came up with a decision that we would reduce back to four days a week just with a skeleton crew so that we could always be available on the other days to keep urgent jobs going through the factory but our bulk work would happen over four days.
1: Gary Walker believes the situation among small manufacturers like himself is similar right across South Auckland, and most of them are invisible to the government and those who were at the recent job summit. Willie Masters, with two young children, is another casualty of a small manufacturer where the orders have dried up, leading to the loss of staff.
4: I was a driver at our company, and... Um, Due to the recession, we we're finding it hard to make sales and also get our products out there. And um, because of that, about 15 other warehouse staff were laid off, made redundant. So, unfortunately, I was one of the the 15.
1: Willie Master says he feels no resentment, though, because it was obvious the company was in trouble.
4: They're struggling. They're struggling really bad. Can understand why we had to be laid off. Yeah, I think it's getting to that point where they might have to think about moving on, you know, selling out or something like that.
1: Willie Masters says unlike some, he feels quite lucky, at least for the moment.
4: I've got enough money to last, you know, for so long before it all runs on and can't depend on my partner's income because then we'll be making ends meet alone. So it's best if I get out there as soon as possible just to keep on top of things.
1: Another trying to keep on top of things is Natalie Walsh. She is part New Wayan and works in the wine industry. Unlike Tangawaiai and Willie Masters, she is well-educated with a lot of experience in the European wine market, but she's not immune to the economic downturn.
5: I'm sort of concerned about my job security in that I work for a New Zealand company that's owned by a group of shareholders. We produce wine, so obviously if we're not selling wine, particularly in the export markets... Perhaps I won't have a job. I suppose that's my biggest sort of concern, also, I suppose just standard of, of living in general in terms of how we enjoy our time off and how we spend our money. My partner and I are making sure that we sort of um don't have so many sort of luxurious dinners out and and that sort of thing, we're being a little bit more frugal.
1: Ms Walsh recently engaged is helping her fiance with his company and has a mortgage. She's taken out insurance to ensure she can carry on
5: paying it even if the worst comes to the worst. I've got redundancy cover so I made sure I got that when we took up our mortgage in December of last year uh, because obviously going back to my work I was worried that you know if the company did go under that you know I needed to pay my mortgage and that is obviously (laughs) really important and it's not a huge amount of money but it would be enough to meet those mortgage repayments so I think If people have been smart, they probably have taken that cover. But I bet you there's a lot of Polynesians that haven't taken that cover.
1: Natalie Walsh says she does not worry about her parents, but has some fears for her extended family.
5: My immediate family uh, are okay. Uh, my parents don't have a mortgage, etc. Um, and the money that, they, or that my mother earns is just money that she, that's her spending money. So I think they're okay. Um, in terms of my sort of larger extended family, I, I do sort of worry about them. But again, you know, they, they live on such a small amount of money anyway. And, you know, Polynesians, um, they pool their resources, you know, as, as a community and as a family group. Good reading, Hannah.
4: Helping the copy their
5: of these children, children do
1: homework in their comfortable yeah. house in Glendowie, it seems the financial crisis is a world away for Mike and Elizabeth Stowers. Mike Stowers describes himself as a New Zealand-born Samoan and is a highly paid auditor working in the health sector. Nonetheless, he believes people like him, who are well off, will be affected by the economic
4: situation. I think the impact will be more towards my mother as the um, matriarch of the family um, because she's the eldest of all her brothers and sisters there's a lot of calls on her um, for finances um, and, and that will trickle down to us um, uh, I've got you know, a few I think the recession will some people say that it won't hit the pa- Pacific very much because they're already on the bread line you know, there's a lot of them that are struggling as it is so um, but I think that, um, yeah, there'll be just more cause to, to help uh, other families out. A lot of my um, aunties and uncles out. One of his brothers is already feeling the impact of the recession. We grew up um, here and were all quite independent. And um, there's a couple of accountants in the family and, um, and my brother, who's was a... A qualified joiner, is, he's working at Placemakers now and he's probably close to the breadline. Um, you know, he's, he's on under you know, under $20 an hour and he's struggling with a young, young child, making ends meet, uh, uh, renting out a mangri. Mike Stowers says traditional giving plus powerful
1: cultural pressure to support relations who are poor is hard to resist. It is
4: known as fae lavi lavi. Went to a funeral just recently, um, and, you know, give $200, I said, well, wow, they're quite a distant relative, uh, 100 it's a recession. So, you no, know, There's no recession with Far Labelabhi, I mean, you, you, it's a standard price, you just pay it or else, uh, you know, the shame of, of not contributing, and I think she was giving it on behalf of my father's family, the Stowers family, so... That was quite a big um, amount to give, even though I was thinking, well, they're distant, but you, know, you still have to...
1: His wife Elizabeth, a European, is not convinced they should feel beholden to give, and often Mike defers to her to avoid making a contribution at events involving his extended Samoan family.
0: One way I think he's just not bothered because he's giving me the responsibility of saying no. <laughs> but I think, I mean, obviously it's difficult. I do, I sympathise. I think it must be a difficult place to be in between somebody like me who's just, I no, you're not giving money to your third cousin's second cousin twice removed who I've never met because um, we don't have the money. Um, but, um, I, I mean, I sympathise with him. But, um, and I don't mind giving money occasionally to close family members if they really need it but my opinion is that they don't necessarily need it and that they don't need it any more than we need it and we don't have any more than they have and I'm not just going to give it over because somebody tells me that or it's some cultural thing to do.
1: Natalie Walsh says her fiance has a similar approach to her passing money to her family.
5: Yeah, I definitely think he has a different value when it comes to money. Um, I'm really generous and um, that's just the way I've been brought up. So, uh, you know, I don't have an issue with it. If I've got, if I've got the money, I'd give it to, to someone in my family.
1: Elizabeth Stowers recognises that the recession is making things difficult for many families. But she says the pressure to help is as much due to cultural values as to their financial situation.
0: I think people should help people when and where they can. But it should be from the heart and it should be... Um, in the, the way you can, you shouldn't be pressured in to giving a certain amount of money on a certain occasion, so that somebody else looks good or to keep the family looking good. I just, I've that's and it's foreign to me because we don't do that. As you know, we do other things. You know, but and so I don't know. How does if yeah? I do feel for for Mike, and I um, I try not to be too um, harsh and unreasonable, but at the same time, I'm not going to uh, jeopardise our situation, over something that's based on, what do you call it, you know... Tradition
6: culture.
0: Yeah, tradition and culture, which is based on what other people think of you, which is a lot, of to me, of what, you know, You know, these people are very concerned about what other people see them giving, you know, oh, look how generous um, such and such is, and look how much food she's got, and look how much money they're giving, and it's all based on that. It's not based on the fact that she's going to go home and her power's going to be cut off and she's got no food.
1: Elizabeth Stowers says the recession could be used by Pacific Islanders to reframe some traditional habits like giving to the church.
0: I think the recession could be a great opportunity for people to step in and, and get the Pacific Island community to rethink things like church donations or, yeah, and advising people they could use that as a, a way in to say, look, this is going to affect you, this is a major recession, it's, and, you know, we could do this, this, and this, and it could be a beginning to a to a shift in attitudes, like and expectations, that sort of in a recession would, you know, could be said to be unreasonable.
1: In agreement with her is Fanuaora Kingston, a former member of the Cook Islands Parliament, now living in Tokoroa. She was at Polyfest, the secondary school's cultural competition, supporting family and friends. Mrs. Kingston says Pacific Islanders are bound by protocol and circumstance.
7: Because of our custom of the extended family, so it's not just your immediate children, grandchildren, you know, brothers, sisters, parents, grandparents, it's also the wider circle. And and because of that, there will be many families who will be worried about not only of their own in New Zealand, but also back in their home countries.
1: Remittances, the sending of income earned in New Zealand to families back home, are the lifeblood of many island economies. While the World Bank estimates the remittances to the Pacific top $800 million a year, with New Zealand in the top 10 source countries, many believe it is 50% higher. Kim Halewood from the Ministry of Pacific Island Affairs says Pacific Islanders view supporting family at home as an everyday part of life.
5: Pacific people are sending $200, they send small amounts but often, so it would normally be around about the $200 mark.
1: The cost of transferring funds, in terms of fees and commissions, has recently been reduced, but with job losses and pay cuts here, Whanuaura Kingston is among those who believe remittance flows will decrease.
7: It will still continue, but not at the same rate. It will be greatly reduced. It will be greatly reduced because... The costs in New Zealand are first and foremost, the the everyday cost of food, paying your rent, because I know many of our people are still in rental homes, to pay the power.
1: Kim Halewood says the recession may be what's needed to get Pacific Islanders thinking about better money management.
5: We know that um, people don't change the way in which they send money without financial education and that's the next part of our work is to get the message out there not only about remittances but other issues around finance, financial literacy. It's not going to happen overnight, it's a generational change. So, but if we don't start now, um, it's not going to change.
1: In Tokoroa, Whanaura Kingston says times are tough since jobs went from Carter Holt Harvey's planer mill.
7: It makes my heart break a little because I know that I know that some of the families are struggling. And I wish institutions such as, even though as a well-brought up daughter of a minister of the church, I wish institutions such as the church would also consider the needs of the families first and the needs of the church next or further down the line, further down the ladder, not the needs and the requirements of the church to do this, to do that and to display this and to display that for instance, I'll give you an example they've decided to change the curtains in the conference room in the church there's nothing wrong with the prayer. it's just as far as the leaders were concerned they've been there too long so what? let them be there for 20 years so what? Are they tattered are they torn? have they been ripped no why replace them then it's more important for the families to have the have no fear about school for their children about themselves about their power about their telephone and i know some homes have had their telephone cut <laughs>
1: Whanaura Kingston's views are shared by some second and third generation Pacific Islanders, like Brett Cometi, who's part Samoan and is owner of the Gypsy Tea Room in Auckland, a favourite of inner-city trendies. Mr Cometi, who grew up in Glen Innes, says while he's very grounded in his Samoan culture, the recession is prompting him to rethink some of the traditions around the church
8: and its seeking of donations. The church has, uh, unfortunately for the Pacific Island community, on another level, imposed an almost psychic prison on how they approach um, matters of faith, which is good on one hand, but also how they participate in society and what restrictions or constrictions it places on them as individuals. So what I'm saying is that I believe the church plays too big a role. In fact, people give it too much credence beyond what it's really there for and therefore limits or inhibits people's ability or even willingness to actually chart their own path in life.
1: Mr. Sameti believes the church has an enormous impact on the
8: Pacific population, especially when it comes to wealth creation and retention. There's that subservience that's almost conditioned into people. I mean, if you go to Samoa and you go into the villages where, generally speaking, uh, they live in quite impoverished conditions, what's the most enriched, most lively, most um, dominant feature of that village? It's the church. And so there you have abject poverty sitting next to this religious iconic symbol and social power which people willingly and perhaps mistakenly over-support.
1: Rev. Asora Amosa, whose Avondale Parish has a large Samoan population, says the relationship between the community and the church over giving is complicated.
6: Yes, some people have been very critical of the church, and the church have a very big role to play, and the role that it has always played, or it should have played, in exercising not only caution, but allowing the offering not to, to go you know, kind of overboard uh, in terms of uh, giving. The excessive giving is often, uh, it, it's not good in terms of uh, trying to appease either the minister or the powers that be or, or even to look good in front of others.
1: Reverend Amosa does not allow names and the value of donations to be read out in his church, something that often gets him in trouble with the
6: elders. It's one of the ongoing debates that I have with the elders. Uh, some of our folk feel that It's important because the heart of the Samoan culture is that nothing is done underneath the table. Everything ought to be declared on the field, in the marae.
1: But Reverend Amosa says both the church and the flock should not misuse culture to either shame people into giving or elevate their own status in front of others. I
6: challenge the fact that uh, the moment that something is declared, there are other pressures that goes on to the giver that makes them obligated to give, even if they cannot afford.
1: Reverend Amosa says people must pay their bills and buy food before they donate, and over time, more financial education is needed. Brett Sametti also believes that people will start rethinking about how much they send home to the islands. In some quarters, that is already happening. Tevita Pasi, originally from Tonga, is now a New Zealand citizen. He drives a truck for a gas company, but is not sure if his job is safe. Mr Pasi says on $20 an hour and working up to 45 hours a week bringing up three children is tough, so he's not sending any money home to Tonga.
2: None of those, none of those at the moment, none of those at the moment, I just can't afford to do that.
1: He says his priority is his family in New Zealand and others will be facing the same pressure. Nina Sumio is from Samoa and sends about $500 home every month. She's now considering whether that will have to change.
7: Uh, it worries me in terms of, because um, um, I think people have less money to send, to send to family and I mean, families are quite reliant on money that comes from us who work here, so I mean, it concerns me in, in that way. But certainly, I mean, as the budgets get tight, I will probably be sending less, yeah.
1: And how will your family manage?
7: I'm, I'm not sure how they're managed. I mean, um, they do have jobs over there, but, I mean, as you know, the salaries are nowhere near to what they earn here. So um, I guess we'll all have to manage a little bit less.
1: Ms Sumio says her children in New Zealand are her priority, but she will try to keep some money going to Samoa. Natalie Walsh says she is concerned about her extended family.
5: I do worry about relatives, and especially the older um, generation, because... Because my, um, you know, my great-aunts and uncles, the, their kids help them, but if their kids lose their jobs, then how are they going to help them? And the elderly folk are the ones that you, know, you, sort of, you want to make sure are, are well-fed and you know, warm in winter and you know, that sort of thing.
1: Also of New in origin is Angelina Weir, now working in New Zealand in business development. Ms Weir says women will likely bear the brunt.
9: I said in painting if they were the bread earner, they may have to go and get a second job. If they're not working, they may have to go and get a job. And certainly if the husband loses the job, I think the impact on the wife who's already looking after the children, I don't know how they're going to cope this when you'll find that the older ones may be kept back from school and have to go out to work if they can get a small job.
1: Angelina Weir says the remittances and church obligations may also have an impact on mental health.
9: The other side of it, I think, is the money that gets sent overseas. That's going to come down a bit, but they'll still send. The other is the money that goes to the churches, and I think those two areas are probably areas that they probably don't cut back on, which is probably areas that they should. I think psychologically there will be an effect upon the families. Um, I'll use the D word, depression, but feeling down, those things can happen. What we don't want to see is people stuck at home for whatever reason and maybe having a drink or two. You know, to feel better about that. There's all these other things that can happen out there without um, people seeking help if they need it. So somehow I think the word has to get out there. If you're having troubles at this time in any way in the household, uh, go and see wherever it is. So we need to make sure the agencies are there to pick them up.
1: Gary Walker from Calypso Innovations acknowledges the hardship that a loss of pay brings to people.
9: It's
3: not easy because you know, I know that, that their rent is going to go out of their bank account, regardless whether being paid four days or five days or six days, but it's all we can do. It for it's the economic reality.
1: It's an uncertain time, with suggestions that worse is yet to come. If it does, not only will a deeper recession cause more hardship and job losses, but it seems likely to have an impact on the wider Pacific community. For now, Tonga has already made some self-imposed changes to help his money go further.
2: Cut the the you know the smoke, those kind of things, no smoke, beer and stuff. I'm drinking, but I'm drinking one day. I'm not smoking, you know i I used to smoke but now you have but to cut, cut 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 the smoke down, you know all those kind of things you know with it for the family, you better cut it yeah. These
1: are relatively small moves, but as the economic bad news continues, are larger, more wholesale changes destined to take place within the Pacific community. Changes that spell a significant difference in attitude towards the extended family and the
3: church.
0: That programme was written and presented by Richard Palmatato. Technical production was by Leanne Smith and the producer was Sue Ingram.